Welcome here this morning, this wonderful, why wasn't the weather so much better these last couple of days that the, the, some of the humidity dropped and the, it was a little cooler in the morning? Oh my goodness, it's just like that, we're getting that little tease, which hopefully, which next month will come to fruition and we'll get that other season of Florida. So what a, what a gracious and wonderful thing. Do we have any guests with us here for the first time today who'd like to raise their hand? Let us know that they're here. We got a few here, Larry. Uh, we have a brochure that says who we are and what we're about here at King of Kings. Um, I won't make anybody get up and introduce you. So I, I think when you're a guest the first time, you should be able to hide in the in the seat and not not get bothered. But let us let me know. Let I want to just let you know. Welcome, welcome from the bottom of our hearts. Um, there is a sign-up book for readers and ushers. It's in the back in the sanctuary. Um, so if you're interested in reading an usher, you can see Charlie, who's not here right now. He's actually over preparing, um, helping to get the kitchen ready. But so you can see me. If you're re interested in reading or ushering. Uh, we're also still trying to get volunteers for the altar guild to help Chris. Um, you see Chris about that. Um, there's weekly announcements in the insert for dates of future events. But this week... Um, we're going to be receiving new members at this service uh, right after the sermon. Um, there's also a covered dish luncheon in the hall. And as I've said before, it doesn't matter whether you signed up to bring something or not. There's always plenty of food. Please just come. Um, and that's after service. Tuesday, there's a council meeting at 7 o'clock. And Saturday, a music jam in Kyle Hall at 1 p.m. I also have a note here about longtime member Mike McCoy's health is fading quickly, so please keep him and his wife Jan in your prayers. We're also, this is the last Sunday of the month, so this is a month after communion. If you would like praise for healing and, and, and laying on of hands, just come over this side and Christine will be there and she'll do prayers. Carl also do, he usually goes up and hits the choir first, but he can come out. Everybody gets prayed over, and I also invite people to play in the water and remember your baptism after you receive communion. Um, other coming up, on October the 8th, there'll be a blessing of the animal service. So we will invite people to bring their pets. It's up to you to decide whether your pet needs to be in a carrier or it can be free. 
Um, I've actually never done this, but my wife has done this many times. She says, in spite of all the variety of critters that came in, they never had a problem. So I'm trusting her that cats and dogs will not be cats and dogs. But that service also does not have a sermon. It also will not have communion. It's, you don't push things too far. Okay. Um, if people would like to take communion to the homebound, Linda Miller was so nice and Leanna was so nice to help me get together. This is a little service that you can take with you. It's self-explanatory, explains everything you need to do. Um, so we have members of our congregation who have not been able to come to church. I would suggest giving them a call and asking them if you could bring communion to them. Um, and then there has a little service here. Uh, stay and visit. Doesn't need to be a long visit. But this gives you, it doesn't just going in and here's a couple, here's a piece of bread and here's a cup of wine and that's it. It does give a little bit and it's all self-explanatory. So um, if you're interested in doing that, let me know. I can let you know who needs to be visited. The other thing, after uh, sometime next month, I'm going to be doing a book study with anybody who wants to do it with me. This book, which is a great book, finally came back into reprint. It had gone out of print, and I wasn't able to get it. So I bought four copies, and anybody can have them, but I figured we can read a chunk of book at a time and discuss it. It's a wonderful, it's a fiction book, but it's based in biblical history, and it's all um, bibliographied with the different parts of the gospel that it's being drawn from, um, and I really enjoyed it. And it's a wonderful little literary device of being a story within a story within a story. So um, we'll be talking more about that. I'm not going to be here next week because I will be away up north. My 50th high school reunion, yes, I'm that old, is next Saturday night. And I've actually been looking forward to it more and more. So I'm hearing from old classmates, hey, we hear you're going to be there. So... Uh, but this will, uh, sometime in October, I'll get this started up. But I do have four copies of this book in the office. Um, and that's all I have in the way of announcements. Does anybody else have any announcements for the good of the family today? No. Well, I see some children here. You want to come and give me a hand a minute? Now, let me ask you a question, and you don't have to answer, but I'd really appreciate if you would. Have you ever been asked to do something by a parent or another grown-up or a teacher, something that needed to be done, like clean your room or homework, and yet you didn't do it? Yeah, yeah. And what happened when that occurred? Do you end up having to do it anyway? Or you got a bad grade? Or something else got taken away? Okay. Well, this morning, we're going to hear a, a Bible story about the end of that kind of thing. But I'm going to be preaching on that story about how someone was asked to do someone from, by God, and they decided they didn't want to do it. And it led to all sorts of interesting occurrences. So, um, but I just want you to think about that. 
And uh, remember that when somebody asks us to do something, I mean, I was an expert at getting away with not doing homework, but let me tell you, in the long run, I was the one who paid the price. So let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for all the teachers and parents and other adults in our lives who by helping us to learn and grow are asking us to do things and complete tasks. Sometimes we don't really appreciate that these tasks need to be done. Sometimes they feel like just more busy work. But we ask that you help us to be gracious in this and learn and grow through this. When we pray all this in Jesus' name and let everybody say, Amen. Okay, you know where the stuff is over there. Help yourself. And now I invite you all to stand and let us begin our worship service. Blessed be God, the ones who forms us, Jesus, who bears the cross, the Spirit, who makes our joy complete. Let us bow before God in humility, confessing our sin. Steadfast and faithful God, you have revealed the ways of justice, yet we fail to follow you. We are overwhelmed by the world's violence and suffering. We are afraid to risk what we have for the sake of others. For the harm we have caused, known and unknown, forgive us. For the unjust demands we place on others and your creation, forgive us. For the ways we turn away from you and your neighbor, forgive us. Lead us back to you and set us on the right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Beloved in Christ. God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a new way for us. In Christ, you are ready and always forgiven. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, for the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessing you for our love, 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty and eternal God, you show perpetual loving kindness to us, your servants. Because we cannot rely on our own abilities, grant us your merciful judgment, and train us to embody the generosity of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Jonah. Please be seated. When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarsh at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, It is right for you to be angry. Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind. And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, It is right for you to be angry about the bush. And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us read responsively Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God and King. And bless your name forever Every day will I bless you. And praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Your One generation shall praise your works to another. And shall declare your power. I will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. They shall tell of the might of your wondrous acts. Thus shall publish the remembrance of your great goodness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion.
A reading from Philippians. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, and I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have the word of the Lord. Gospel according to Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usually daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out at about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. 
And at about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go to the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers in and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired at about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now also when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, am I doing you no, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do with what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. I was part of an online discussion this week, and the topic was, we were talking about the Jonah reading, and Jonah in general, and about how it really is part of biblical humor, but the fear was that how can you preach something that is humorous, because people don't like to see the Bible as funny. And my response was, really? Take 1 Samuel beginning about the fourth chapter. The whole business about the, the Israelites losing the Ark of the Covenant to the Philistines and the Philistines taking it. And then because they did not realize that they had a God, a real God present among them, God started to punish them and he gave them hemorrhoids. Now, how do you not read that as funny? I mean, I just imagine someone like James Earl Jones with that deep voice saying, and the Lord, in his wrath, inflicted them with hemorrhoids. <laughs> Come on. It screams, I am a real and true God, and I can be a pain in the backside. Come on. That's the way it goes. Well, the book of Jonah is really, should be read as kind of a comedy, a satire. Even the gospel reading today, that one about the um, landowner and the people working in the field all day, and while I understand their plight, heck, if I was working out in the sun all day and someone only came an hour got the same as me, I would be disgruntled. But it really is humorous because it's pointing out the folly of our human understanding and thinking that things with God are transactional, that I do and then you do. This is the society we live. It's a transactional society. Relationships often get based in transactional methods. God does not work that way. But let's go back to Jonah, and not just focusing on that last chunk of Jonah with the bush. Let's go to the very beginning. Jonah was a prophet of God. 
residing in the northern kingdom of Israel. And if you know biblical history, you know that after Solomon, the kingdom that was formed under David split into two parts, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And generally, the southern kingdom of Judah was a little more righteous than the northern kingdom of Israel, so they suffered less than initially. And during this time, the Assyrians were starting to invade and pester. The Assyrians were the power of the day, okay? And eventually, they did come and take the northern kingdom in as slaves and conquered it completely. And it was about 100 years later that the southern kingdom of Judah was taken over by the Babylonians. But let's go back to these bloody Assyrians, right? And Nineveh was the big metropolitan capital of the world. It was the most prosperous and prestigious city in the civilized world of the time. A great and wonderful city. A full three days walk across such a large city. 120,000 residents in that city. Nineveh, the great and powerful capital of the Assyrian Empire. Well, Jonah was given the instruction by God to go to Nineveh, go to the Assyrians, and warn them that the wrath of God was about to fall down upon them so they better amend their ways. And Jonah, knowing that God was the compassionate and just God, didn't want to do that. So Jonah decides that he is going to go as far away from God as he can. So he goes to Joppa, which was the seaport on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, and he takes, pays for passage to go to Tarsus, which was Spain, as which is if you, the world was the Mediterranean Ocean and the area around the Mediterranean, that was the civilized world. Going to the coast of Spain was as far as you could go. Okay, So he was trying to get away as far away from God as he can. I first heard the calling from God when I was probably 19 or 20 years old. And I tried to make it a transactional deal. And I tried to tell God, well, if you do this, I'll do that. It doesn't work that way. I can assure you it doesn't work that way. And that was clear right from the start. So I decided, because I didn't really want to do this, I didn't think that this was be who I was. I ran as far as I could the other way from that. So Jonah's on the ship, and he's headed to Tarsus, and the Lord brings a great mischievous storm up that's tossing the ship about. And the seasoned sailors on the ship can't understand. They can't seem to get away from this storm. It seems to follow them whichever way they decide to row to get away from it. And Jonah says, listen, I know why this is happening. I'm a Hebrew. God sent me to do something, and I don't want to do it. So you better throw me overboard, or you're, well, we're all going to perish together. And they didn't want to do that. They said, no, no, Jonah, we don't. Really, you didn't want to do that? You're being so suspicious people who aren't, who aren't necessarily believers in this one God are going to suddenly respect them. But after a while, they finally relent because this storm will not let them overboard, let them go. And they throw Jonah overboard, where he is swallowed by, and this is where it gets strange, a big fish. 
That's the closest we can get. Big, some people said whale, and there's all sorts of confusing translations around this. Let's just say a big fish. And we've got to take some of this stuff on just faith, what that means. And he spends three days inside the big fish praying. And at the end of the third day, the big fish spit him up on the shore where he started back in Israel at Joppa. I can't say that whether it was harder or easier. Jonah's was quicker than mine. I spent six years running from God and running into all sorts of places until I finally was, rather than being swallowed by a big fish, was swallowed by a bottle. And after, at one point, when I finally was spit out of that bottle by the grace of God, I took some time to get my life back together. I went back to church and started worshiping God again and realizing that I could never pay back the grace and the protection that God had given me and what God had done for me in my life at to that point. Jonah is back in Israel and the word of the Lord came to Jonah again and said, go now to Nineveh and proclaim that they need to straighten up or they will suffer my wrath. So Jonah goes. My story was a little different. It took a little time. But some point, probably about a dozen or so years later, God said, remember that other thing we were talking about? I haven't forgotten. And I said, I really don't want to do this, God. I mean, let's face it. I had just found out. I remember this. I had just found out that our pension was being made more liberal, that they were, they were reducing the age from 55 to 53, and eventually it was going to be to 52, where I could retire. So I am now looking at barely 10 years left in the construction industry, and suddenly I got this new lease on life. And it was really wonderful because I was speculating of all the great things that I could do now being a young retiree. I said, I could go to work in McDonald's. I could say, do you want fries with that? Because I wanted a job with no responsibility. How many people, let's say 25% of our population starts their first job in some sort of fast food? I never did that. I went from high school to serving my apprenticeship. I never worked in a fast food restaurant. I never worked in a restaurant, period. There was a lot of things I could do. I joked about getting a job at the men's store and telling guys, man, that suit looks great on you, and going in all dressed up and clean as opposed to going in and sweating and getting dirty every day. I had it all set, and then someone said, well, you could be a pastor, and then the funniness dropped, and God said, yes, I haven't forgotten. I didn't want to go back to college. I didn't want to have to go to seminary. I didn't see how it could be done. But after a year of misery, I relented and started a wonderful journey. And let me tell you, God has a sense of humor. And one of the best ways we will know God is when we can laugh at what God has put us through to get to where God wants us to do. I will also tell you that while we have the doctrine of free will, that means God does not 
make us worship God or acknowledge God, when you get into a relationship with God, God will call on you to do things, and you might not want to do them. In fact, you probably won't want to do them. God has a way of convincing you that you really do want to follow God. Okay, I'll just, I'm warning you that right up front. So at any rate, Jonah, let's get back to Jonah. Jonah walks into this great city, three-day walk across, and he pronounces after a one-day walk, the Lord God is really tired of you people and what you're doing, and in 40 days there's going to be death and destruction unless you repent. Turns and walks out the door. The city hears him. The king hears what Jonah said. Everybody in the city is repenting. The king says, we shall all wear sackcloth and ashes. Now, incidentally, that's the ancient way of showing you were sorry. You put on sackcloth, very coarse fabric, and you put ashes on yourself. And not only did the king order that all people now wear sackcloth and douse themselves with ashes, even the animals had to put on sackcloth and be doused with ashes. It's funny, folks. It really is funny. Imagine that, a whole big city. Imagine a big city, everybody walking around with sackcloth and ashes on. Jonah, the petulant prophet, goes out and sits on a hillside, and he's upset, and that's where we stopped in this morning. He's upset sitting there. You know, I could just die. I could just die. I knew you were going to forgive everybody because God forgives everybody. I could just die right here. So God sets up a bush, and it covers Jonah, and he's in the shade, and it's, it's not so bad. Well, as the story said this morning, the, God then sent a worm, and the bush died, and that made Jonah even more upset. Talk about teenage angst. This is Jonah sitting on the hill. Teenage angst. And Dodd points out that this bush, which you enjoyed, you neither planted nor worked for. So think about this entire city of 120,000 people and all the animals. Why would I want to destroy them? Just because you don't like them? It's hard to laugh at it because it is our story. Why can't we proclaim the good news to people we don't like? Why can't we welcome the unwashed, the foreigner, those who are alien and different from us into our culture? Why do we insist on making it us and them? Because I understand, Jonah, they were the dirty Assyrians. They were nasty, they were warlike, and they were constantly raiding your land and taking your possessions and your people away. But yet, that is our calling, to not just go to those that we love and those that we care for, but to all people. And in much the same way, that same go the gospel reading has that same kind of message. God does not operate under our rules. God did not pay those who worked just an hour less than those who worked all day. But you have to think about this work from God is the kingdom of God. As much as I resisted go doing this, 
going back to college, spending four years going to night school, and then take a year off, go to seminary, and then spend the next three years working part-time and going to school part-time and going through all the examinations, the extra courses and everything, get to this point. Let me tell you, working for the kingdom of God doesn't, isn't work at all. Someone asked me once what, what I was doing, you know, you know, was I going to keep doing it? I said, it doesn't feel like work to me. It doesn't feel like work. I know what work is. I spent 34 years working in construction, being on a job quite often. We were there at 6 or 6 o'clock in the morning, 6.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning, and working eight hours, sometimes in the heat, sometimes in the cold, and always there was dirt and dust and grime. Noise surrounded by noise. That was a job. This, working for the kingdom of God, is a pleasure. See, God does not play by our rules, but instead invites us to understand God as God rules. And that rule there is the most important one because God has said for once and for all, everyone, everyone, everyone is welcome to be in a relationship with me and all are forgiven for whatever you've done all the time. No exceptions. Amen.
I invite you to sit down, and those who are joining us today, I invite you to come forward and bring your bulletin so you have the words of the Apostles' Creed with you. You coming up, Mike? Come on up. Oh, let's let the congregation see you here. They've seen me enough. It's all right. These persons have desired to make public affirmation of their baptism as a sign of their renewed participation in the life and the work of the Church of Christ. And I present to you uh, Mike and Allison, Dan, Leanna, Cindy, and John. Okay. I have your names on boxes over there. You get a parting present. Uh, Envelopes. Dear friends, we rejoice that you have returned to the household of God to claim again the internal inheritance, which is your birthright in holy baptism. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in holy baptism, our Lord Jesus received you and made you members of his church. In the community of God's people, you have learned from his word, God's loving purpose for you and all creation. You have been nourished at his holy table and called to be witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I now therefore ask you to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, reject sin, and confess the faith of the church in the faith in which you baptize. Let's all together say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. 
He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you know, to judge living and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Communion Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Now, you've made public profession of your faith. Do you intend to continue in the covenant that God made with you in holy baptism? To live among God's faithful people, to hear his word and share in his supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ to word and deed, to serve all people following the example of our Lord Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. If you are, you say, I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. Okay. Gracious Lord, through water and the Spirit, you have made these men and women your own. You forgave them all their sins and brought them to newness of life. Continue to strengthen them in the Holy Spirit and daily increase with them your gifts of grace, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence and through Christ Jesus, your Son. Amen. And now I ask the congregation, will you, the congregation of King and Kings, um, welcome support, encourage, and walk with all these new members. If you will say, I do, and I help God to, and I ask God to help and guide me. Okay, that's it. You're in. Okay, so please make a point of introducing yourselves and getting to know our newest members. And thank you. Yes, thank you.
be seated. Now, as we do each week, we offer our prayers in the form of joys and concerns. Joys, those things we want to thank God and celebrate in our life, and those concerns, those people, places, things that we are praying for. So do we have joys we want to share this morning? I have a big one. We took six members in today. We've increased the size of our body. Praise God. Spirit working. I see Linda back. Good to see you. That's a joy. Feeling better? Okay. Denise is back as well. Are you feeling better? Thank you. Other joys. No joys? Come on. God cares about all creatures, and this morning we had a blue finch fly into our balcony door with a very hard thump, and we thought he died, but after an hour and a half, he flew away, so that's my joy. Yes, amen. Yes, Leanne, or uh, Kayla, I'm confusing you, Kayla. Leanne is, Leanne is uh, a pretty flower or something, Kayla. Our snake has eggs, and we're so close to the end, and I can't wait to see four baby snakes. Okay, what kind of snake is it? Bull python. A bull python. Don't let it loose, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Any other joys? Over here. Um, My daughter's in the hospital, but she seems to be getting better, so that's a joy. Later on, I'll have a good day. Amen. Amen. I already shared already that I'm going to be going to my reunion next Saturday night up in uh, Philadelphia suburbs. Um, it's also been a joy to, people have been contacting me via email or uh, Facebook saying, hey, we're really looking forward to being there. I'm actually, many of these people I haven't seen for 40 or 50 years. Um, it's the odd thing about reunions, uh, you know. So I'll be going into a room full of strangers and old people but I'm looking forward to it. Um, other, other joys that we want to share. Okay, how about concerns, things we're lifting up in prayer? Back there. Oh. I'm just praying that Laura really does get better and stays better forever, but they're doing all kinds of tests, but that's my concern. And okay. I pray and talk to God every day. Okay, in the back there, Mrs. Plogg. Yeah, um, my friend Ellen uh, passed away a few days ago, uh, quite unexpectedly, a very short hospital stay. And I just ask that uh, the Lord welcomes her. Unfortunately, her daughter's in Seattle, and she was due to have her baby any day, so she couldn't travel to see her. So I ask the Lord to comfort her as well. Yes. Other concerns we'd like to lift up? Over, over here. Um, Roger's cousin's grandson is in the 
hospital for over two weeks now. He had to have, he's only three, and he had to have some kind of heart surgery. And he was starting to come out of it, and yesterday he had a stroke. So uh, the present time, I'm just praying that if he's going to go, the Lord takes him and pray for his family. Yes. They're really yeah. having a hard time. So prayers for Wesley and Roger's cousin's name? Uh, Kevin. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson's family. Okay. Other concerns? Over here. Over. I have have a friend in the hospital right now, up at Brevara, up in Brooksville. And when I talked to her, she was disoriented. She couldn't even tell me why she was there. She didn't know. Your name is Dottie? Dottie, okay. Any others? Carl, you got a mic though. Yeah, I have this, this sort of like a concern. Uh, it's like when the pastor always asks, you know, uh, that we need volunteers for certain things that uh, go on here at the church. And uh, my wife, Christine, she always is asking people to help her with different things. And I know there's a lot of people that could help. But uh, in the insert, uh, there's a thing that uh, says uh, what went wrong. Uh, so I, if you'd like to read that, it explains why things don't get done. So uh, I thought you might get a kick out of that. Okay. Any, any others? Pastor, um, I would just, because I, I probably Jan is watching today, I would just like to uh, make sure that she knows that we are thinking about both she and Mike. Okay. Uh, I spoke with her earlier this week, and uh, Mike is really uh, slipping. Uh, he wasn't eating. Uh, he, he's not getting. He, she, he's really slipping badly. So Jan, just know that our prayers are with you, and uh, those of us that know the the McCoy family, uh, they're up in Indiana. Uh, just know that we're thinking about you all. Yes, yes. Just because people move away from our locality doesn't mean they move from our hearts. And uh, yes, we definitely lift Mike and Jan up. Others? Let us pray then. Lord, you are the source of all good things. And we praise and thank you for all the good things that happen happen not just here at this community, but in our neighborhood and in our, in our lives, Lord. We thank you for all these blessings. Lord, you're also the why, the one who we can turn to when we are sad or when we are sorrow, in supplication, asking for your intervention. Lord, we lift up the names of all the people that have been mentioned here today, that you be present in each situation, that you comfort those who mourn, and you pour healing to those who need to be healed. We pray all this, always, trusting and hoping in the goodness of your Son, our Lord and Savior, the Jesus Christ. Let the people say, Amen. Thank you. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share a sign of Christ's peace with one another and work our way over to the sanitation stations. COVID is not going away, folks.
Ladies and gentlemen, as you work your way back to your seats, we ask you to enjoy the music we are about to do. This is, this is something that is very close to us. The lyrics are very close to us. And we ask that you all join us in listening to our special music for today. Thank you.
Herman? reasons for it. I, uh, I guess I was born in 1942. Back in, that's when the rainbow was gray and nobody had nothing, but everybody had everything. And that was we were coming out of a, a, uh, a depression and we were out of coming out of a war, getting prepared to go into another one that nobody knew about. But when I say everybody had everything, they did because they gave to each other, helped each other out. We went to church, and everybody was at church. Everybody in the community, you knew everybody in the community. And we had to support the church, and we did. They made it. We made it through all those years. And that's one reason, I guess it was brought up. I went through eight years of Catholic high school, or grade school, I should say. And that was when the teachers or the nuns used to wrap you in the knuckles and sticky with the pointers and stuff like that. And I guess that built character in us. And I'm pretty sure I still have it because sometimes at home the wife will look at me, tilt her head a little bit. She says, you know, you're a real character. And I walk away saying, boy, I still got it. <laughs> but going fast forward, we went through the pandemic. A few years ago, the father, took over the church about the time the pandemic, the, uh, the uh, pandemic hit. And, you know, it was really tough on them. He didn't know if he was coming or going. The people in the church didn't know if they were coming or going. Nobody really knew what was happening. At that time, I'm sure the finances went the heck in the handbasket. But what I'm saying is in the, in the, um, uh, Bulletin Day, they had a, a thing about um, a person called somebody. Well, I met that somebody when I was in an ARP group, and I introduced myself because I was a greeter at that particular time. And he came through the door, and I'm greeting everybody. I told him who I was. We shook hands. He said, I'm somebody. I looked at him. I didn't say nothing. I said, well, maybe his name is somebody. So after a period of time, we got to know each other. And he said, no, my name is really... John. I says, okay, I was a little confused. I didn't know what. He said, I said, why do you go after somebody? He says, well, in the church that we had our meeting, which was in the basement, if a light bulb needed change or something needed change, somebody said, well, somebody will do it. Somebody will do it. And nobody ever really got up to do it. He was the one, he was a somebody. He did and took care of everything. In giving money to the church, a lot of times in the back of my mind, somebody will give us a little bit more and we'll get through. It doesn't happen that way. We all have to become that somebody with that name that will be somebody to kick in and give a little bit more because we have a great situation here that you don't want it to go away. we got a great pastor. He's streetwise, if you want to, what I look at it. He's gone through the construction. He knows what life and everything's all about. He has a knack of taking the gospel, turning it in.
to common sense words that we can all understand. And that's important. And we have people like Christy that helps and does everything in the church. You walk in in the morning. It's the first time I've ever really enjoyed getting to church early. We can hear the music, the singing, and what have you. And it's very joyful when you leave. You feel like you accomplished something. But it's very important. It's a hard thing to ask for, but we got to reach in, dig in, and go a little bit deeper. I am like everybody else. Prices are everything going out of sight. But if you give a little bit, you will get it back. I'll state a couple situations as when the pandemic did hit, Uncle Sam came through and gave, you know, X number of dollars. I'm assuming to everybody, we got some. And we looked at at that point, we had people in our family that needed some help, so we gave it to them. The church and the pantry had a problem at that time with something, cash or whatever, I don't care, and we donated it to them. The wife and I, most of the time, coming to church and going home from church, we would see the homeless on the street. We would stop and give them a $20 bill. We did this for several months. And every one of the people that came up and took it said, God bless you, thank you. And we had a lot of friends that said, well, why are you doing that? Because they're going to get booze or dope or cigarettes or something. I said, so what? I said, if you have a couple dollars in your pocket when you walk into the store and you want to buy something, you walk up, you buy it, you go to the cashier, they take the money, you pay for it, you walk out the door. But in that interim, you don't get these weird looks from people into the store and from places that makes you feel like maybe you don't fit. At that particular point that people can walk in, if he goes to the ABC store and buys a bottle, so what? He had the money, the people didn't look at him, maybe cross-eyed, he paid for it and he walked out. Most of the people, I do believe, they went and got something to eat. And it was just a great feeling. Guess maybe my Catholic upbringing, we went to bingo, me and the wife. And one night I hit, I won one game, you know. Two of the night they have a jackpot game. I split that game with whoever else won it and never thought anything about it and left. And we come out of it with probably $300, $350, something like that. I don't know what it was. Coming to church one morning, we were sitting in the car talking. I said, you know what? That's about the money that we gave away in the last couple of months. And I believe the guy upstairs had something to do with it. When we didn't come to church here because of the pandemic, and they said to stay away from the crowds, there was a, a thing on TV we listened to, it was Joel somebody, pretty, pretty interesting individual. But he came back and he said, you know, he stated problems and situations that happened. And he said, God has a plan for all of us. Just go with the flow and it'll work out. Trust me, it does work out. What was a proof in a pudding was Charlie sitting back there. Father came up in the, in the church one day and he said he, when Charlie had his operation, he said he went in to visit him. And he wasn't really doing too good. He wasn't coherent. He was in, you know, uh, emergency care after the surgery. I went home and I, my wife and I used to be volunteers down at the hospital for about five years. Helping cut people out, nurses, whatever to taking people in wheelchairs. And I called the, the fellow that was in charge of our group. 
Sunday afternoon, I come home from church, and I said, do me a favor. Can you, you going into work Monday? He said, yeah, he's going in. He stayed, and he was able to, to, to work in. Certain people could do it. We were all the other volunteers were canceled out because of the pandemic. So he went in Monday afternoon. He called me back at home. He says, I seen Charlie. He's not in intensive care anymore. He's in a step down unit. Step down unit is where they put you after you get through with the emergency part of it. You're getting better and what have you. He says he was very coherent. He met his wife. He knew about the church and he thanked everybody. That quick in 24 hours, and I'm sure we all prayed. It was one of the concerns that came up that day. We prayed at church. The next day, Charlie was doing really good, and he's sitting back here right now doing good. You put the icing on the cake, Charlie. Thank you very much. And I hope to help all you help us. Thank you. So let's now sing about the sacrifice of praise. pray the offering prayer as one voice. God of power, God of plenty, all things belong to you. We bring your gifts to the table that all might be fed. Form us into the body of your beloved, Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
I love telling this story. I love telling the story about on Jesus' last night, the night he was also betrayed, right before he went to the cross. He gathered his disciples together, and at the beginning of the meal, he lifted up the bread, and he said, this bread is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this, remembrance of me. And at the end of the meal, he also took the cup, and he gave it thanks to God, and he said, in this cup is my blood, and it will be poured out for the forgiveness of sin for all people, for all time. And I invite you to do this whenever you do it, remembering me. Amen. Let us sing this week the Lord's Prayer. at this communion table. You can receive communion one of three ways. You can come forward when the usher invites you up, where you will be handed a piece of bread, where you can then intinct or dip into either cup. The dark liquid is wine, the lighter liquid is grape juice. You can also, and as we are still being sensitive, because it's still out there, in fact, it's spiking. If you're nervous about that, they're individual uh, servings in the back, all packed away, nice sealed. You're welcome, rather than coming forward, going back. If you would like to see, receive from the bread and the wine uh, from me, and you're not able to come forward at, after everybody else has been served, I will ask, is there anybody who would like to receive or anybody hasn't received? Just raise your hand, and I will come to you. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Please be seated.
Let us pray the prayer after communion as one voice. Blessed be your name, O God, for we have feasted on your word, Christ Jesus, the joy and delight of our hearts. Strengthened by this food, send us to gather the world to your banquet, where none are left out and all are satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now the God of glory. Jesus Christ, name above all names, then the Spirit who lives with you bless you now and forever. Amen. Thank you. 